This is the Shape America podcast, hosted by Colin Brooks and Matt Pomeroy, making 50 million strong by 2029. Welcome to the Shape America podcast. I'm Matt Pomeroy, and I'm here with you today, and soon we'll be getting to the technology podcast, and our panelists, Jorge Rodriguez and Matthew Bassett, will share some great insight on the why and how of putting a, and implementing technology into your classes. Firstly, let's take a quick look at some great things that are happening with Shape America. Don't forget to register to join us for the Shape America National Convention and Expo. The premier professional development event for health and physical education professionals will take place in Nashville, March 20th through 24th. That's right. The National Convention and Expo will be held in Music City. Stephen Ritz, all right, an educator and innovator, will keynote Wednesday's general session. Get ready to be electrified. He's known to inspire his audiences as to what is possible when you have hope and when we're resilient. An internationally celebrated educator, Ritz has transformed students' lives through his Green Brox machine. It's a school-based model that is helping students thrive by teaching them how to grow, cook, and eat, and share the rewards of their green classroom. Thursday, Olympic gold medalist Benita Fitzgerald Mosley will kick off the day, keynoting the general session. The chief executive officer at Lareus Sport for Good Foundation USA will discuss using sport to improve health, education, employment, and social cohesion of disadvantaged youth around the world. Don't forget, make your case to attend the Shape America uh, National Convention with the Justification Toolkit. Inside the Justification Toolkit, you'll find funding ideas, a template letter to use when reaching out to your supervisor, and talking points on how this national convention experience will improve your teaching and lead to better learning in the classroom. You can find the toolkit on the convention website, as well as the preliminary schedule. Early bird ends February 7th. Head to the convention.shapeamerica.org to register today, and we'll see you in Nashville. Webinars and online courses, remember, they're on demand anytime, anywhere. And again, take a look at the Shape America Online Institute. It really makes it easy for K-12 health and physical educators to earn and track professional development contact hours. Take advantage of self-paced, effective professional development on your timetable. Go to Shape America's website, click on Professional Development, and you'll find it right there. And last but not least, podcast, our February show. It's going to be special. Can't wait to uh, announce what it is, but we're going to wait until it's revealed in February. It's a new um, series that we're kind of starting off and kicking off here, so tune in. And uh, if you don't subscribe to this podcast, make sure that wherever and Whatever site you use to listen, you subscribe. So if it's on Apple Podcasts or through Podomatic or Stitcher or whatever else, wherever else you listen, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And again, we'll have Action Pack and more Reflections podcast coming. We've got so, so many just kind words and great feedback from it. And don't forget that if you want to ask questions or give us any feedback, feel free to email us at podcast at shapeamerica.org. You know, we always enjoy hearing your thoughts and um, if you'd like to have your 
you have a voice heard on the show, we'd appreciate you going to iTunes and leaving us a rating there. And again, we'd love to share your thoughts about how the show, uh, about your thoughts on the show on the next podcast. And again, thanks for considering and now on with the show. Next up, our amazing panelists are going to talk technology on the Shape America podcast. I'm going to send it over to Colin Brooks and Stephanie Sandino, and they're going to take you through the episode today. All right, have fun. everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Shape America podcast. Uh, I am Colin, one of your co-hosts here. I'm with Stephanie here. And, you know, uh, we're going to talk about technology today. And it's really, it's kind of been a little bit of a long time since I've had the opportunity to be on the show. So I'm happy to be recording an episode and um, just got done with a great Thanksgiving yesterday. So uh, we're here with a couple uh, great tech gurus from our physical education community, so we're excited to hear what they have to say, but before uh, we start there, Stephanie, how are you doing? Doing well, Colin. It's great to have you back. It's been a while. Um, Had a great Thanksgiving, got some time to unplug and spend time with family. I think it's, you know, really well needed after a long go at, you know, school, so it's, it's nice to just unwind and relax for a little bit, take down a notch or two, and then you know, recharge and get back at it again. So it's, it's good. Nice. Nice. I hear you on that. So it's definitely nice to have a little bit of family time, a little bit of downtime and try to recharge the batteries. So with that, everyone, we just want to get the the show started here. And like I said, we've got two awesome guests here today. So uh, I'm just going to let them introduce themselves and Jorge, you lead us off, man. All right. Well, my name is Jorge Rodriguez and I'm a physical education teacher, elementary level in uh, Houston, Texas. And my name is Matthew Bassett. I'm a K-8 elementary middle school physical education teacher outside of Los Angeles in West Covina, California. Awesome. Well, well, you know, we're really glad that you're both here today. We're glad to hear you have you part of the show. So let's just get it started pretty basic here. You know... How, in any order, whoever wants to go for us first here, how did you get started using technology in your classroom? What's kind of the, the origin story here? I want to hear it. Uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll uh, start us off. So I'm always, I've always been you know, interested in technology. I've always uh, you know, liked the newest and latest and greatest gadgets and things like that. Can't afford them all the time, but you know, I've always been interested in that kind of stuff. Um, and I remember when I first started teaching, uh, I had a Galaxy tablet, and it was one of like the first Galaxy tabs, right? And and I would and I thought this was a great tool to like take videos of the kids and be able to have like a digital grade book and take notes and things like that. And that's what I did. So you know, I was outside most of the time, so I would I would take notes and things on the on the grade book uh, or on the Galaxy tab. And I remember. I remember, I think it was like my second or third year of teaching, um, when I really started like geeking out on technology, there was this thing online, there was this like, um, 
I, I, I don't want to say it went viral, but there was like this uh, this thing where you could take a Wii remote and and turn it into a whiteboard, like an interactive whiteboard. And I was like, that is so cool. I have to try this in my classroom. And so I did. We had a Wii at the time, and, you know, me and my kids would play Wii every now and then. So I took one of the remotes, and I downloaded the software, and I made this, like, whiteboard, this, like, interactive whiteboard. I, I, I hooked up the computer, uh, uh, hooked up the uh, remote to the computer, onto a projector and you and you had this like interactive whiteboard it was really cool and i even made one of the the little uh ir pens this infrared pen that you would need to to touch the different dots on the whiteboard and that was my journey into like technology like really geeking out on technology and and and, and you know taking something uh so simple as like a uh, a Wii remote and then using it in my classroom and then really getting the wheels turning and, and thinking, what else can I use? What do I have in my everyday disposal that I could use in my classroom that might be unconventional? And that was one of them. My first one, um, I've always been a big technology geek myself. Um, I actually bought a DVD burner for my senior project so that I could take my portfolio and make it digital. Uh, that's kind of where I've always been from. I remember one of my first instances using technology in my class. I uh, had a junior academy boy, sixth or seventh grader. We were doing a partner coach um, time with working on push-ups, and we were really focusing on bending to that 90-degree elbows for the fitness gram. And I had a, this boy who had a small meltdown in my class because he was yelling at his coach, of, I, I was getting low enough. It was really, really important. And I realized what was going on, so I pulled out my old flip phone. Uh, and I took this really tiny little video of him doing a push-up, and I showed him pretty easily, yep, this is what I see from the video, and it looks like your coach was correct, and the student just totally had a uh, very different outlook on his life with how he was doing his push-ups uh, after being able to watch himself um, on the, uh, the video. That's awesome. You know, I, I, I have a, your stories reminded me of something that's really funny. It's like, I have this, like the first time that I used tech, uh, or not the first time, but the first time I got really, really excited was, uh, probably like nine, nine years ago now <laughs> makes me feel old, but like I, I had my, my iPhone, like the first generation iPhone or whatever. And I had a, uh, a microphone jack and I, plugged the microphone jack wireless microphone jack into my phone and it played over the pa system and i just carried it around like a remote i was like this is amazing that was like that kind of got me hooked too so it was just it was really cool to hear those stories but anyway stephanie i'll hand it over to you yeah sure i know it's it's interesting to hear about everybody's tech stories because everybody starts you know different places and at different levels i know mine was similar to matt's where i started with you know my ipad and I still have the iPad, but it's like really slow. But I started with Ubersense, which is now Huddle Technique. And same thing, I, I, I tried to, you know, give feedback to the kids using a video because I thought it was, you know, a lot more meaningful and a lot more valuable to show them as opposed to just saying it because I could say it until I turned blue in the face, but they would still swear up and down that they did it correctly. So. I, I, you know, the, the video was a big help and that's, you know, I also started there. But moving on, um, 
what advice would you guys give to others that are hoping to get started using more technology? Um, I was pretty fortunate uh, when I went through my master's degree, I did a project on technology integration and I was able to find some research articles that have really guided me and how to do it. Um, first of all, it's to start slow. Uh, just try to work on using the technology yourself. Uh, when you are able to feel confident using it, go ahead and use it with maybe a small group of students. Um, a couple years ago, somebody had introduced me to a QR code timer, and I was really excited about it. So during warm-up one day, uh, I asked five or six kids, hey, I want you to kind of do something different than everybody else for warm-up, and we're going to test this. And after about two minutes, I realized it was not going to work the way we wanted it to work. And so I was able to kind of move on to the next thing. Uh, if it's working for you and you feel better, um, go ahead and start working on it with maybe your favorite class. Maybe the class that's the best behaved, the class that does the best for you. Uh, and then eventually, as you feel comfortable, go ahead and roll it out to all of your classes, um, whether it's different grade levels or just all of the classes that you teach. Yeah, so so I'm going to take a kind of a different approach, um, and I think and I think it's definitely, you know, it, it depends on your style. And I like to kind of jump right into things. And so when I see something that I like, I, I try to learn through doing, right? And and I, again, it, it's just a different style of, of you know being uh, using technology and that that kind of thing. But I, I my advice would be just don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to uh, fail in front of your students and say, hey, guys, we're going to learn this together. Like, I think that's really important to have your students see um, that kind of like a growth mindset in their teacher as well. Like, I fail all the time, too, and we can fail together, and we can learn through this, right? Um, but at the same time, Matt's... Uh, uh, advice is, is great. Like, you know, definitely try that out. Definitely, uh, have like a, like a plan B if it doesn't work out because a lot of times technology right when you need it to work, it doesn't work. So definitely have that plan B. Um, and then also make sure that it has some sort of a purpose in your class and that it's actually enhancing the learning process. Um, I know a lot of times I've gotten caught myself getting really excited with the technology and trying to throw it in there and kind of forcing it. And the kids can see right through that. They know that it doesn't have any kind of a purpose, even though it has some kind of a novelty to it. Um, make sure that it has some sort of a purpose and it makes a, and, and like I said, it, it enhances the learning rather than takes away from it. Oh, and one more thing um, that, that I've kind of got caught into, everybody has a learning curve. So your students have a learning curve as well when it comes to technology, and some of them will catch it really quickly, and some of them it takes some time. So make sure you, you plan for that. Make sure you plan for the students to be able to experience that technology and then fully feel comfortable with that technology, because again, sometimes it'll take away from the learning rather than enhance it. Yeah, that's sound advice all around. It just it makes me kind of think about hearing both of you talk. Like, yeah, tech is so amazing, and I'm obviously on board of it too. I love it. I love to to use my creativity to try to think about you know what technologies are out there and how I can integrate them within a physical education classroom. Um, I have to say though, I, you know, I've learned along the ways. It's kind of the same principles of backwards design. You know, um, that. That the technology should come later down the road after you think about, you know, where we start and where we end up. So I, I, it shouldn't, it should definitely not be the centerpiece or the beginning piece of, of how we design our classes. But it's definitely um, can be a great asset um, for student learning within our classrooms. So 
based upon like just kind of us kind of narrowing down our conversations now um, after the advice. So can you tell us what types of technology do you have? And then how did you get that technology? Was it uh, a grant or was there another creative way that, that you were able to access it uh, within your classroom? Uh, yeah, so so to, to some of the technologies that I use like on a daily basis, I have uh, I have one like teacher iPad that's dedicated to me, and um, and I use it for grading and things like that. And I actually got that from uh, well, actually that's my personal iPad. I had an iPad Mini that the school provided provided for me, uh, and I use that sort of like in stations and things like that. But now I have you know a, a, a iPad Two Air that I use pretty much for everything. Um, I also use pedometers in my class, and uh, those are provided by the PTA. I have a really good relationship with my PTA, um, and that's definitely another piece of advice. You know, get get uh, develop those relationships with those with those decision makers in your in your school. My PTA, I'm fortunate to have a really strong PTA in my school, and you know, I, I go to the meetings. I'm the teacher rep. I definitely you know advocate for my program as much as I can with them, and that that's made a huge difference. Uh, they also purchased some. Kindle fires for me, so I have like five little Kindle fires that I use um, in my class for QR codes, Google Google Forms, things like that. Um, uh, and the kids really enjoy those. Um, and then I've also I also have a few old cell phones that the parents have donated. Um, a couple years ago, I asked parents. I sent a flyer home, and and then again through the PTA, uh, I asked parents to donate some of their old cell phones, and so that's what they did. So I, I got maybe six or so. A couple of them didn't. Couple of them didn't work, but I have about five that that work pretty well now. And again, I use those for like Google Forms, QR codes, things like that. So that's uh, that. Those are some of the technology uh, tools that I use in my class. I have a Mac laptop that I use at my school, uh, that school issued. Um, I have three iPads uh, available to me. Uh, The original iPad mini uh, was an 8 gigabyte one. I actually got it from uh, collecting recycle bottles for the full year and was able to, after a lot of trips to the recycle plant, able to get one. Uh, I was able to get an iPad mini that was like 128 gigabytes. It's my best one. Uh, I got it through a grant on Donors Choose for Professional Development. And the school finally issued me an iPad Air. Uh, I think it's like a 16 gigabyte about a year ago or so uh, that I use as well. Um, I also have a class set of FitStep Pro pedometers that the school purchased last year. Um, That's also a really cool tool to use. I use my own iPhone frequently. uh, And then I have a couple of old cell phones of mine uh, that I can actually pull out to use, like Jorge was saying, for QR codes or videos or something uh, every once in a while. So that's, that's really cool that you guys are, um, you know, you have multiple resources or multiple ways to, you know, kind of acquire these devices. I mean, you can go through a PTA, you can do Donors Choose. I know I got my pedometers from my last school from Donors Choose, and I mean, that that was just like, yay, finally, I can use them. And um, Matt, you use cell phones. Um, you can have those donated by, you know, your parents or your community, whoever you know, is getting rid of cell phones, they can give them to you. That's an awesome way of, you know, acquiring more devices. And we all know the more is, especially with bigger class sizes, more devices can be a little bit more helpful as far as um, management and logistics wise. So that's really cool. Now, moving on, I know 
this kind of goes to my thinking of something that just went around went on in my classroom like I Flickers has been around for forever, right? But, you know, it's always been in the back of my, my mind and I've always wanted to use it, but it's been so... It took me a really long time to use it because I couldn't figure out the right logistics and I couldn't figure out that it exactly worked in my class and how it would work. So it was a very long process to think about it. So, you know, once, you know, we caught wind of the plagnets, I like jumped right on it. I'm like, okay, this can finally be one way it works and I can finally use clickers in my class because I have you know big class sizes 50 to 55 I'm like how the heck am I gonna use this so when I first saw the plugins, I was like yes I think this is gonna work so um, speaking in regards to that take us through and I know Jorge you kind of alluded to this um, when you were giving us some advice but Matt if you want to jump in too that'd be awesome Take us through your thought process when you want to implement an app or some type of technology in your class or a lesson that you kind of go through before actually implementing it. Yeah, so I, I think um, I think for me, like I said before, sometimes I mean sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it, it kind of backfires on me. But but when I see something that I that I know I can use in my classroom and I'm excited about, I, I just jump on it. Uh, like Plickers is a great example. When I first learned about Plickers, um, I don't know how long ago now, but when I first learned about Plickers, I was like, I'm printing these suckers out. They're free. I'm using them tomorrow in my classroom, and and I did, you know, and I went to uh, the next day and. And we figured it out together. And I told the kids, I, I, I was like, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was like, okay, I got this new tool and we're going to use it. We're going to try it. I, I don't know if it's going to work, but we're, we're going to try it. And I showed them how to, you know, uh, turn the card and orient the card. And the, in, in the first time I pulled it out, it was pretty much a disaster. But we kind of learned together, you know. And for me, I'm, I'm really open with the kids, especially if I find a new app or some sort of new technology. And I tell them, like, we're going to learn this together, you know. And, and, and again, I, I'm not afraid of necessarily kind of failing in front of them. But at the same time, I think it's really wise <laughs> also to, to get completely familiar with that uh with that tool and then like colin said you know uh think about the backwards design of it so if it fits into that lesson then really um you know don't force it in there to fit uh make sure that it's enhancing the the, the learning and like i said before sometimes i, ca I kind of catch myself really wanting to use a tool and then not being able to do it because it just doesn't fit in correctly um but yeah i i Sometimes my thought process isn't the best, but uh, but at the same time, I'm really open with the kids when I do try something new uh, to let them know that hey, we're we're in this together. We're learning together. We're failing together. We're we're going to try to make this work. We're going to try to make this happen. For me, I think I also agree with what you're saying is that we need to have our educational outcomes um, addressed with using the technology. Uh, I don't want to just use it for the sake of using technology. Um, I also want to know how easy it is to use the app or whatever I am using for technology. Uh, if it's really, really complicated, I might actually decide not to use it um, if it takes too long for the kids to be able to access it. Uh, my best example is I love video analysis and I tend to use either the simple recording on my devices or uh, BAM video delay a little bit more often than uh, say one of the coaches I or one of the other video analysis because the students would have to actually record stop the recording, go in, and then view the video afterwards. 
Uh, so I like video, I like BAM video delay because it'll help me streamline their time and it'll get them back moving as quickly as possible. Um, I also like to use my technology with uh, station teaching uh, so that I can really focus on making sure to give feedback to each student and then I could have one of my stations be some kind of fitness activity that'll allow them to kind of get some exercise and it'll also help with equipment issues especially if I only have say 10 paddles that I could use for my students and I have 30 kids uh, it will allow me to rotate kids around and one of the things would be uh, some kind of fitness uh, fitness component that we could be working on during class time. So just a follow up to both of you, you know, based on some of the thoughts that I heard, like, so when you're, when you have technology in your classroom, when does it become, when does it take too much time? What's like the cutoff for both of you, you know, and I know everyone's classroom is different and it depends on what you're teaching, but I'm just kind of curious when, when's the point where like, Hey, this is taking too long. Uh, this is, this isn't a good piece of technology for, um, these students. Yeah, yeah, and that's a really good point, and I like that Matt brought that up. That um, it has to be easy to use for the for the students, you know, because sometimes a, a piece of technology will be easy for me to use, but you have to take into the take into account, you know, where your students are with that technology. So I know, like for me, I know if the kids are familiar with it. Like for instance, if they're familiar with, uh, uh, they're pretty familiar with scanning a QR code. So I know that that'll be an easy transition into something that I that I would like to do, right? Um, but if it requires some sort of a login or something like that, I usually tend to stay away from it because that usually takes a little bit too much time and then it takes, takes you know, activity time away from my kids. For me, I think it's a little bit of trial and error. I don't know if there's a set time in my head that I'm like, oh, this is how much time I'm going to use and then I move on. Uh, what I look for is uh, my students, are they off task? Are they losing their focus? Uh, and I start to judge it based upon basically that, uh, making sure that they're on task, that they're doing what they should be doing. Is it helpful for them? Uh, when I start to see that they're just standing around and the technology isn't working and that they're not getting anything educational out of it, it's time to go to plan B. Cool. Thanks. And, and you know, I think, well, if I can add something to that, I think um, also if you can incorporate learning into the familiarizing process, I think I think that goes a long way too. So, for instance, like I'm thinking about Seesaw. Uh, one of the first things when I started using Seesaw, uh, which is a digital portfolio uh, platform, when I started using it, I had the kids um, do a video reflection. So we were, it, it was still there, there was, it was at a station, and there was still learning going on. So they had to do a video reflection about the activity that they were doing and in doing so they were familiarizing themselves with the uh, with the uh, user interface of the of the app right so they had to do they had to do a video then they had to p take a picture of their partner doing the different actions that, that, that were required in the activity so again they were familiarizing themselves with the technology uh, and then from there the next time I knew they were familiar how to uh, about how to take a video how to take a picture and then we can build from that so I think that's another part that you could do um, with some of those apps that require a little bit more, um, you know, to kind of getting to know the app. You can do it in stages, and you can you can still uh, have them, you know, have that part be part of the learning process, but have it be in small chunks. Cool, and you know, it's great to hear both of you chat about that. And I guess you know, too, it's it's like uh, you know, I know Matt that you teach 
K8 and, and then Jorge, you know, elementary. So I think that like the, obviously that plays a role into it, how fast and what age level, obviously your students are, um, you know, are, are at where, where they're ready as well. So thank you for, for talking about that now. So can you tell us like, there's always new technology coming out. So we, we want to know what types of, of technology are you hoping to get your hands on in the new future? And, you know, uh, just excited to hear about that. What's next for both of you? I think for me, I'm always looking for an ability to get a new device that'll help. Uh, also it allows my students to get, uh, a higher number of chances to use the technology themselves. Uh, this year, though, I've been really thinking, um, I commandeered an old TV cart last year uh, for my pedometers to use, and I've been trying to figure out a way that I could get a nice TV on top of the pedometers, but I don't want to carry a 300-foot extension cord with me everywhere and have to pick that up every day. So I'm starting to think about how could I get some kind of uh, battery storage power device uh, to be able to connect the TV so I can wheel it wherever I want to go and the students can have access to a screen uh, and also could use it to plug in the iPad or my laptop for video analysis or some kind of fitness activity uh, or even just to project things using like um, Keynote or slides or something to that effect. All right, so for me... Um I, I've been really kind of getting into uh, virtual reality and like some of the VR technology that's out there. Um, and I've used it, I've dabbled it, dabbled with it a little bit in my class. But what I'd really like to do, and, and I've used, and I have a 360 camera, and I've used that a little bit in my class as well. Um, but what I'd really like to do, and, and this came from a conversation that I had on Voxer with uh, Justin Schleider, and we were talking about. Uh, teaching games for understanding and um, a question came up in one of the chat groups and uh, we kind of started brainstorming and talking about how we could use uh, virtual reality or or video games it started off with video games how we could use video games to help students understand the tactical analysis of a uh, of a certain category of games and so I thought, well, that, that would be amazing, right? Because I remember playing, you know, uh, NBA, uh, what is it, 2K, whatever, when I was a kid, and kind of learning how to, how the plays work through playing the video game. And I remember playing Madden as a kid and, and learning a lot about football um, through the video game. So I thought that would be a really cool way, uh, if, if we could make it work in your classroom, for kids to be able to see the big picture of, of what's going on in a in a specific sport right and then take that a step further I think in virtual reality I think that would be amazing so setting that up in a station and putting a different scenario in that uh, particular station and and so the reason I, I think this might be possible in my school is because um, uh, a couple years ago actually last year our PTA raised a bunch of money to create a 3D lab and it's still kind of in the works and part of that was getting um, that, that that Google system um, in the classrooms and having kids be able to use those Google headsets uh, and so if that happens uh, which I'm sure it will sometime either this semester or early next semester then um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I can borrow that for physical education and you know use that as a station or use that uh, with a group of students to be able to you know have that virtual reality experience. 
awesome. Um, when you guys are talking about your focuses, do you guys plan for just one or two focuses um, throughout the year? And do you end up kind of like, you know, scooting away the technology you maybe brought in last year? Or do you keep it? Um, like, how often do you guys um, find yourselves switching it up, so to speak? Uh, for me, I think... Um... Sometimes, again, when I find a new exciting piece of technology I, I want to use, it, it, you know, that kind of becomes my focus. Um, but like, for instance, this year, so last year I started using Seesaw because I really wanted to create digital portfolios for my students. And so I got really familiar with that with that app and, and how to use it in my classroom. And then uh, this year I heard so much about Idacio, I wanted to really like dive into Idacio. And so I put seesaw aside for this first semester to really dive into idacio and that's been my focus uh to see if i could if i could use that as my grade book and digital portfolios and communication with the parents all in one um and so far so good uh but you know i i, I like comparing things like that as well so things that i can uh look at that are similar uh that will help me in in certain ways and then comparing to see which one would be better in which scenario for me, I sometimes have a, a yearly goal that I try to implement. Uh, this year, I finally decided that I wanted to really get into Plickers. Uh, but I'm always also on the lookout for something that might come along that I have no idea about and will implement it as I can. Uh, there's a lot of things that are out there, and I probably only know a little bit of the surface of what's going on in the technology world and phys ed. Uh, so I'm always looking for something to implement and try to, to grow and learn. Uh, sometimes it depends on how much I can learn it on my own uh, and how much of it I feel like I can implement with my students. Uh, I tried to do Seesaw last year, but I didn't really have a one-to-one -one device for them, and it became a little more challenging, so I kind of abandoned it a little bit too quickly, uh, and then I kind of moved on to other things. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that tech is always one of those things that you like you can start off with and it may not work out, but you can't abandon it. But Well, all right, everybody. Yeah, thanks again for joining us for, you know, part one of the technology podcast. And, you know, we appreciate you tuning in and um, hanging out with us today and learning with us uh, here at Shape America. And uh, again, we're going to have uh, part two of this podcast coming up here in just a couple of weeks. It'll be released for you. And don't forget this podcast. We've got uh once a month we've got an action pack podcast coming out um you know it's kind of been rotating between a physical educator a health educator adaptive pe and um you know just continuing to look to do those and release those so um you can start thinking about you know some of the goals that you have for the school year and new things that you want to implement and you know just keep hearing about self-care and uh reflection and things that we do feel like they're really really important so that's coming up. And again, we've got some uh, reflection podcasts coming up as well where, you know, Colin and Stephanie and myself just uh, chit chat about all things health and PE. We talk about how things are going and, you know, what's happening in, in our health and PE lives. And um, again, just we're talking about our self-care and, and reflecting on things that are happening, both good and bad, and just trying to be real honest and truthful in those episodes as well. So um Again, thanks, thanks for tuning in, and we're always looking for questions, comments, feedback. Um, anything you want, you can 
personally email us, podcast at shapeamerica.org. And again, you can always send us tweets. Um, we are all on Twitter. You can always shoot us a Vox on Boxer as well. We love hearing, you know, your thoughts and ways we can improve and the things that you're liking and, um, you know, things that really struck a chord with you on the show and all that good stuff. So again, we appreciate you taking your time to learn with us and be with us. So uh, without further ado, I'm signing off for this episode of the Shape America podcast. Uh, until next time, happy teaching. Happy teaching.